You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. This is the Winning Plays podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. To the Winning Plays podcast, lucky episode number thirteen with Brian, Rob, and Michael Pina. I'm Rich Levine, and guys, say hello to the off season. Today's episode, I guess we have to talk a little bit about what happened against Milwaukee and the fallout from the five game embarrassment. But uh, we're also ready to turn the page. We're going to look ahead to the summer, try to figure out how many of these current Celtics may have played their last game in green. As always, please subscribe to this podcast in whatever format you listen to us. Subscriptions are a huge help. Uh, also, give us a follow on our newish Twitter account, at WinningPlaysPod. And uh, guys, to kick it off, I think we're going to start with, with a quote. Uh, and B-Rob, our resident Celtics beat writer, uh, I saw this on one of your stories on Boston Sports Journal, and it was uh, Marcus Smart in his exit interview yesterday. We're, we're recording this on Friday. And he was asked about all the criticism of Kyrie, obviously, and he wasn't a big fan of it. But this was a, the quote that he said. He said, and this is talking about Kyrie when he came back at the beginning of this year after missing last year. He says, we took him in with full arms and we tried to understand it. Like I said, we never really understood. We're not in his shoes. So that's just a bullshit statement to say his leadership killed us. Now, first of all, you could argue that not understanding the leader is sort of bad leadership. But, <laughs> but, but I, Rob, this is in your story, but I'm going to go to Michael Pina. What do, you, what do you think, what did they not understand? You know, he said, like, like I said, we never really understood. We tried to understand. We never really understood. Do you have any inkling on, like, because like, that's really the, the source of all these issues, right? Of what happened this season, that they so never he, connected. Yeah. I mean, is he talking about just he'll never understand the pressure of being Kyrie, being a top whatever player who's in free agency, who's got his name in the news every two seconds? There's constant r- rumors swirling. He has to deal with gigantic media crowd is that what he's talking about i don't even get it be right what do you think I mean, you're, yeah i think that's what he's context yeah well no this is this is marcus smart being a good teammate which he is yes which, like being a good leader if you will um you know taking the heat off a guy who again was his running mate all year long and just completely fell on his face um, but he's also saying well, that we never really understood you know yeah like, and i think but it, it's true. You're right. It's like the 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 meaning behind it, I think can be interpreted in a number of different ways. Rich, to be honest, like like Mike, everything Mike referenced there. Could you talking about that? It could be talking about just like you know trying to lead this team and how tough it was with all the different guys gunning for different things. Um, but the bottom line is, you know, Smart wasn't going to throw him under the bus, and good for Smart because the team. I mean, we'll get into this later, but. Whether or not Kyrie needs to be back here, it's probably in the team's best interest for him to be back here, um, despite this debacle. Um, but yeah, it's this is a situation where, like, the the defense of it makes it sound like Kyrie wasn't here at all last year, Mike, which is makes it that kind of thing. Like, oh, he, like we had to change things for him this year. He was here for a year. He just was hurt. Yeah. First of all, did you just say the word debacle? Because yeah. I, I I like that that that's a that should that should be a real word word and, not, I, and I think that, I think that, that 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 accurately sums up what what that series was in my eyes Diabolical. a diabolical debacle <laughs> yeah exactly um, it deserves a new word is what it, it does it, it, it does it. Um, I lost my train of thought but what what so what did you ask again. <laughs> no, but listen, we, we, you say about, <laughs> he, 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 we're like the Celtics. How can we talk shit about the Celtics right now with this performance uh, five minutes into our podcast? Yeah, no, but but yeah, and and I guess it, I guess that is Marcus being a, being a, a, a team player, right? Not not throwing Kyrie under the bus. But but here's the thing for me is that do you think if this if this Celtics team, okay, this year had the same road that last year's did, I, I think that they would have beaten last year's Bucks. 
You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. Like, we, we, it's so easy to forget like what happened in the Eastern Conference last year. It was such a fluke in so many different ways. And that that team that they lost to, that Cleveland team, LeBron, that was a horrible team. Yeah, that was a bad team. You know, like so. I that that's why I. I kind of hate that narrative of how far they went without Kyrie because regardless of how far they went without him last year, they were still closer to winning a title this year, I think, realistically. Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, um, but they, they weren't going to they weren't going to beat the the Warriors last year. No. No, no, I, I yeah, no, I I get I I don't think it's I think both are were pie in the sky to be honest. I mean, weren't going to win the title this year. Um, just based on, you know, uh, I think for me personally, Gordon Hayward was the, like the crucial swing player in all of this. If he's not going to be all-star caliber, you're not going to win the title. That's basically what, it, that's how this roster is constructed. Like it's, it asks too much of guys like Jalen and Tatum, um, Terry even to be great and better than they should be at this point in their careers if Gordon isn't going to be that guy and he just, it, that was just not something that was possible for him so soon after that injury. So I, I, I just, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but just looking at how he performed in the series, how he was all year, there was some optimism coming down the stretch of the regular season that he could turn it around. That obviously was proved not to be the case. Um, but I, I, I just want to talk. Can we just talk about Kyrie? Yeah, we were talking I mean, about Ky- I, Kyrie in this series. Let's just talk about Kyrie because we haven't we haven't talked about him together here since game one. I know I missed you guys. I know we missed you. Um, Rich, Rich gave, Rich was, the the one guy holding out hope. I was, I know I was in Houston covering the Rockets Warriors series, which was actual basketball with real uh, superstars in it. Um, Damn. Well, hey, I'm looking at that series, and I'm like, <laughs> what, how, how, what? If I'm just ranking all the players in this series, where would Kyrie be? And I'm like, fifth. What? Like, where? <laughs> yeah. Where would he well, even be one, in this series? One thing is interesting: the, the conversation we kind of had at the beginning of the playoffs of of can you win a title with Kyrie Irving as your best player? I think that has <laughs> been answered. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, well, like I don't. I mean, it, it doesn't mean that he has to be like very far. You know, he can be a very close one B. But I'm pretty convinced after this season that that he's got to be there's got to be a B there. You know, I, he's he's not one A. I think this kind of go, I I go back and forth on this. It's really interesting because I feel like if they were to let's assume that you know they had they somehow transplanted chemist this chemistry that the Portland Trailblazers have, where everyone loves each other and everyone gets along, blah blah blah. Everyone looks to Kyrie; he's this great leader. That's not an issue at all. Um, Next year, if they were to roll everything back and you assume that, you know, Gordon's better, Tatum's better, Jalen's better, everyone's just better. Maybe maybe Al takes a, a tiny step back uh, physically. Kyrie is better. Like, I think that team could win a title. And Kyrie would still be the best player. Not against the Bucks. This, a- this, this team is not getting through the Bucks as constructed. Like, even because everyone on that team is also going to get better. But also, like Middleton, where's he going to be next year? I think the Bucks. He's going to. He's going to be in Milwaukee. There's no way he's leaving. Like they're yeah, gonna, they're going to max I, him out. They have they they basically, I don't know. They they're yeah they're, they I I would say looking at it, the situation right now, we don't know what's going to happen in the conference finals if they get blown out by one of these two teams, which I don't think is likely. They'll. It could be interesting. Um, but no, I, I agree with you, B. Rob. He's probably they're probably the their hand is forced here. Yeah, I no quite. I mean, these... I mean, they were so close. I mean, not they were so close. It was a five-game series, but I mean, they they the first game obviously was was a win. But I don't know. The, the, the second half of these games, I thought they were in it. And if they had a legit Kyrie Irving, like it at least would have come down to the last couple of minutes. All that matters to me is the way Kyrie played. To be like, no, really, that's, I agree. It yeah. was per, it was performance art. Terrible. Like the sh- his shot selection. It. I just. I I'm I'm watching these games with like complete strangers in the media room. And I'm like, he's going to shoot right now. And it's, it's like every, every time he touched the ball, it's like that he's going to shoot every time. Like before and the Bucks game. knew it and the Bucks knew it. And that's how they defended. And that was a series. And it's like, if you're not going to hit, if you're not even going to take shots that are good, like this question of can Kyrie take a bad shot, I think is 
100% been answered all regular season. I was like, you know, like, I feel like every time it goes up, it goes in, blah, blah, blah. And I'm not even talking about small sample sizes and um, how unfair it is to judge someone off one series. It's just like you're taking contested fallaway twos regularly. Like, I'm sorry, but you're a human. I don't care if you think you're a genius, whatever that means in this context. But these shots, like, you're not going to beat the math. I'm sorry. Like, guys like Dame Lillard, they take pull-up threes. Steph takes threes and layups. Like, you're just not... You're, <laughs> I mean, what he, I just didn't understand what he was doing, and I didn't understand <laughs> why he led the team in minutes in this series. I, like, I would have benched him... I, I, like I understand the long-term complication that that would that would give you, and and, and I don't really fault Brad Stevens necessarily, but just like how, how is the game plan just let Kyrie do what he wants to do? And let Kyrie just, sink the team. <laughs> he's just pouring gasoline on the Celtics with every shot. It's it was amazing to watch. Yeah, and it was just the way he carried him. So, you know, and, and I think, you know, the, the quote, I forget what it, the exact quote was, but something like, I don't care, or what does it matter? Or whatever. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, who cares? I mean, that that was the perfect embodiment of how he plays. You know what I mean? It's one thing if, if, if you saw the guy that was busting his ass for, for these five games and just wasn't falling, but everything he did just screamed, who cares? Yeah, and I mean, we you say all this stuff about the offense, Mike and Rich, and it's, and it was that bad. And it was like the bad shots he was taking weren't going in, but also the gimmies were not going in either. And whether at some point that just caused him to crack um, is the yeah. question. But the problem is it translated. It was even worse on the defensive end. Like they did not have a chance in any of the second half of these games when Kyrie did not, you know, got into a funk and then literally made the, the stupidest decisions of <laughs> that I've seen in a game, like period, you've like been three all over games this, in a row. You've been all over this, B-Rev. It's yeah, it's like your it, Watergate, man. I like it. it. I've enjoyed it. I can't like. <laughs> I honestly can't look away. It's like once I started going down the rabbit hole, it was like holy crap! Like whoa! Like how? It's like how do the Celtics give up 123 points to the Bucks and completely fall apart here? So I like started looking at it in game three, and I'm like, whoa, this is this is bad. And then game four, it was even worse. And I was like, all right, well, a do or die game. Brad's going to like light into him in the film session or whatever. Or someone's going to tell him to like, hey, like stop switching on to Giannis on purpose and like literally giving them an open three or an easy layup. And that was the game in game five. Like the Celtics started like shit and they still were in that game because it was a rock fight. But then Kyrie. Gave the Bucks the points every single time in the second quarter, and that was the game. And that's when everyone let go of the rope. Yeah, and then quick stat. Quick, quick stat. Uh, in the series, Boston's defensive rating with Kyrie on the court was one ten point two. You know that's obviously terrible. Uh, when he was off the court, it was ninety four point six. That's fifteen point six points difference right yeah, there. That's the the eyes don't lie, the numbers don't lie on that. Like, oh, he was and, playing a lot of minutes, though, right? So it's a small sample played, size, he played, I played 182. He was off the floor for 58. So, yeah, oh, that is true. But that's 60 that's, minutes, though. Yeah. That's, but, that's a lot. For you, both of you guys, I mean, Rich, too, like, what do you do? If you were Brad in this instance, he saw this happening. He sure. looked at the film. If I can see this, he's seen it since, like, you know, game two of the series. So yeah. what's his mind process there being like, all right, I just have to let this guy, like, you know, burn here and hope he snaps out of it or if you were brad where you just be like i have to pull the plug on this at some point i can't like you know watch this happen i mean i i think i think your first thing was right because it's like okay so if you're if you're essentially benching kyrie irving right you're you're doing it because you want to win you're winning because you want to advance then but then if you don't have kyrie irving like what's the point right so it's like you need need kyrie yeah and if and, and especially with yeah, his I mean, mentality, you need, you need Kyrie to get anywhere. You bench him and he's gone. And then, like, has Terry been so much better? Because also, like, was it the beginning of the second half of Game 5 where Kyrie came out and hit, like, a couple shots? And, like, for a second, it seemed like maybe he was, like, the old guy was back? Was, was that was that... towards the end of the second quarter. Okay, yeah, where yeah. Where he kind of, he got a few in a row. But the problem is, like, when he hit it, he gave it right back on the other end. 
exactly during that sequence but um, i think you're just hoping for for that for and 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 you wonder how much more insight you got to imagine that Brad and, and Kyrie have spoken a lot more than, than the three of us and Kyrie over the last year or so. So like you wonder like <laughs> what, how much insight, like how much more insight he has into what's actually going on and whatever is actually going on. But I just, it's it just, and I've, I said it in our last thing. I just, in the, in the reason that Tina, you say the only thing that matters is Kyrie is I think that this is the only thing that we counted on coming into the playoffs. There are so many questions that were surrounding this team of whether or not they were going to get over the hump. And the one thing we counted on was Kyrie being Kyrie. And that seemed in, in the end, like that was the one thing that wasn't even close. It does real quick. It makes me think about, you know, I think Kyrie is a very good player still. I don't want to let one bad series dictate and shape my entire opinion of him, but it does. It, it I was thinking this morning about, you know, um, good shot, bad shot with him. And, how someone who hit arguably the biggest shot, most impressive shot in NBA history in the 2016 finals, what happens to how he is perceived generally by the public if that shot does not go in? It's like Mr. Destiny. Yeah, it's, it's one shot and it was a huge shot. But when you hit a shot like that, all of a sudden, you know, it's much harder to criticize him on shot selection because it's like, you know, he's taking inefficient looks, blah, blah, blah. But this is a guy we know we can go to war with. We know he's capable of doing this. And I just, I don't know how to kind of combat that duality in my head when I analyze him. And well, it's not, a, it's not a duality because he's not a guy that you can go to war with after what we just saw. You hope so, but you can't count on it anymore. But, well, like, first of all, like, you know, it's not like everyone else was on fire in this series, to be fair. Admitted that, you already admitted that he's, the, he, that he's the reason. No, well, he needs to play a lot better than he did, of course. You can't, he can't shoot 35% and 21% from deep, and the Celtics beat the best team in the conference. Like, that's... That's not rocket science, but I'm just saying, you know, someone like Tatum played terrible in this series. You know, Jalen was good. Uh, Marcus Morris was good. Horford was on and off, I thought, offensively, even though his percentages are pretty, pretty good. Rogier was terrible. Smart was hurt. Like, it's not like every everyone was 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 great. And Kyrie was terrible. Like I don't, I don't even know. But B- I don't B- know. But B- Rob, I'll say this. Like, I, tell me if you agree. Like, I think that. So I agree with what you said about Tatum, Mike. But he struggled in ways that we saw him struggle all year. Like that seemed pretty consistent to, right. with, to me. But but the Kyrie was just because because you talk about like trusting him to take a big shot. Like after you know the 2016 Finals, remember? Like I trusted him after. 70 whatever games this year, you know, however many he played, he consistently showed he was that guy. He's second team All NBA. He's going to make the second team All NBA yeah. team, whatever. <laughs> does, does this performance by Kyrie in your guys' mind will this change anything about how he play? Is this going to humble him at all, or is he going to pass the blame on? No, I, else? I think that he does not. I, I, I this is so stupid of me to say because <laughs> what the hell do I know? But I think that he thinks he is not part of the problem. He had to do this. Because no one else was stepping up. That's what that's what I think he will tell himself throughout the summer. I mean, if that's the case, there's so there's like zero point one percent chance he comes back if that's his attitude. I feel like. Well, unless some unless, of the people that disagree with him are not here, right? Unless this Danny Ainge is like, okay, I'm clearing out the young guys. We're getting Anthony Davis. You tell me, like, you get to choose who you want back here, Oof. and then, um, you know. We'll, I don't we'll think, make that happen. I don't think that. I don't think that part happens. I don't think. Kyrie, I don't think this is LeBron's situation where Kyrie. Well, no, like I'm, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. I'm just being like, okay, here's my plan, Kyrie. I'm gonna trade. You know, Rozier's gone. Um, Tatum is gone. Um, please don't trade Jalen. <laughs> Jalen, yeah, Jalen gets. You, please, you know, actually, probably Jalen's probably gone too. To be honest. Um, yeah, Bureau. So what you say? I mean, we're we're basically facing right now. I think the one thing we're pretty sure of is that. Next year is not going to be the same team. No, it's either revamped, having traded some of the younger guys, or revamped, 
Kyrie's gone and the younger guys are now uh, right. center stage again. So it so, can't be the but but so when you say that, Rich, you're saying if Kyrie leaves, then it is the same team minus Kyrie, right? Yeah, I, just, well, I, just I don't know that though. Like then you get then you get murky with right. other free agents, mm. including Al Horford. This leads us directly into our next segment, doesn't it? It does. It does. Let's do it. Um. We're just going to have to go. There are, I believe it's, I want to say eight free agents. Um, there's a couple we don't need to really There's a couple. We, I mean, so let's start here with Jonathan Gibson. Uh, <laughs> oh, he, no, I, I have some inside info on, on Tice, though. Oh, please. Yeah, he's looking very forward to moving back to Germany, I heard. Whoa. And, I'm, and I'm not saying that in like a, as a joke. That's just, yeah. I mean, that's too bad because Tice, I mean, Is injury. It? No, injuries. He was a useful player. For a lot I, of his two years here, sure. I'm with you. Sure. Went healthy, and you could see. I mean, in the Bucks is not a good series for him anyway. Like, there's just no good matchup for him on the floor with his lack of mobility. But when he, <laughs> no, I mean, it, like, to put it nicely, to put, it, put it nicely. No, because and I blame that. I mean, when you're injury, when you have injuries all year, like you don't move as well, and you just can't stay. He couldn't guard the perimeter, and that's all the Bucks had. Yeah. Is guys that can shoot. So, I mean, last year he had some fantastic games um, between shooting the three and the pick and roll and room protection. And then he tore that meniscus and then um, got hurt a lot this year. And that was that. But like good, great signing by the front office. That was like the perfect men level guy from overseas to like that can give you something. And I would have if he would have signed back at the minimum, I would have brought him back. But it sounds like. According to Rich here, that that's that seems like a no. You need give those minutes to Robert Williams, man. But like, I'm yeah, done I mean, with Tice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's there ends our Daniel Tice. We're ta- I'm I'm already <laughs> upset that we've been talking about him for as long as we oh, have. Come All on. right. Yeah. Get back to Gibson. You're <laughs> up. Go ahead. Could have could have played. Yeah. So so Gibson, like he, <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna. This is the 10 seconds from Jonathan. Gibson. What a dream job for Jonathan Gibson. To just be signed for, at the day at the end of the regular season, and you get professional workouts for like a month and a half here, and get paid. Yeah, he's, he's the real. Do you know how much money he made? I don't know how much money he made, but it was he made seventeen thousand dollars. Easiest seventeen thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Um, Brad Wanamaker will give fifteen seconds to. Um, mm. I wouldn't mind uh, if he's back. Yeah, no, you wouldn't be, Rob. No, but I, I don't think he. I think he's going to go somewhere he, where he wants where he can play and that's not going to be here so godspeed i mean any other if kyrie irving was not kyrie irving brad wanamaker would have got a chance in this series at some point but that never happened and if you were the head coach yeah but that's uh that's not here nor there um also had the the loudest family member in the uh the crowd most mom the dad and, uh wife Mm. Um, all right, let's go with a guy who we assumed would not be on this team next year. Um, if we all had to make a bet at the end of the season, at the beginning of the season. Um, but now is probably held as highly as anyone on this team right now after that series. And that's Marcus Morris. The one guy who showed up in the series. Oh my Um, God. I know. And let's look at his, let's talk about a series really quick before getting into, um, his future. He averaged, he almost averaged a double-double, 14.8 points, 9.4 rebounds per game, shot 55% from three-point range. Wow. 62% from the field. <laughs> um, only, av- and then <laughs> guess how many minutes he averaged, guys? How many? Um, 33? 30, 32. Rich? 33. Oh, this price is right. Thirty-two oh one. Thirty. Uh, um, you guys both were over. I'm sorry. Oh, 28.2. Um, 20, 29 minutes per game. Wow. Twenty-nine minutes per game, which pretty interesting. He didn't start in game five. I gotta say. Yeah, like Brad came out and said he did a bad job after the game, taking one for the team. But I'm like, not a great year for Brad Stevens, and it kind of capped off with starting Baines in game five on the road in a hostile environment and taking your best player of the series out of the starting lineup. 
Yeah, that was rough. But I think the bigger um, problem, the bigger no, problem I mean, is that I was, Morris is your best player, by the way. Sure. I right. Would, I mean, yes. I I obviously has been have been very critical of Marcus Morris uh, throughout the season. I guess throughout the last two years, we both have been. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was great in this series. I mean, undeniably, uh, you you trusted him. You, I actually was happy when the ball was in his hands because that meant it was not in Kyrie's. Uh, he sacrificed his body. Um, I he was he was really good, and I, I think he might have made himself some money, to be honest. And uh, I don't know if he's going to be in Boston next year, but he's only twenty nine or thirty, and. I don't know. I think he's he's he obviously is someone who you can trust in a playoff series, and he should be proud of the way he played. Uh, he'll be thirty in September. Um, also, I think the, one of the most interesting aspects of his free agency is, especially as it relates to the Celtics, is his agent, Rich yes. Paul. Rich Paul, yeah, who was who was in Boston for at least Game Three. I know. Well, he reps Bledsoe and Morris, so yeah. yeah. I saw him and Kyrie exchange a, a warm embrace. Actually, there's no LeBron games for him to attend. So. That's right. Uh, I'm surprised he wasn't um, at Bronny's AAU games, maybe. But um, yeah, but I think that's interesting. So I think that the uh, you know the Celtics and Rich Paul are obviously going to be in contact because they're going to be talking about Mook, and you know that obviously relates a lot to Anthony Davis stuff. And, and I think that that could be a situation if, by some chance, Anthony Davis gets here, uh, that it'd be maybe more likely to see Mook maybe stick around. But even in general, you because we talked about those two versions of the Celtics we might see next year. I mean, one of those, if, if, if it is by Kyrie and, you know, we're trending younger, that probably wouldn't be the time to to make a move for Mook, right? No, unless you think you can go younger and still be a contender, in which case you have to bring him back. Um, but that may not be realistic in terms of, like... Well, I don't know. How many teams are who, are, who make sense for him are going to pay him more than the mid-level? I think that's the question, right? Yeah, there's, I haven't gone too deep there, but I think there are enough teams, Mike, with like significant cap room this year where he's definitely, he's 100% getting more than the mid-level. I guess it's going to depend on, does he want to play for a But who's a who's signing that? Marcus Morris that has, even if you have cap space? Like, you like know the I mean? Indiana, Indiana Pacers, the Utah Jazz, um, teams that are playoff teams that want to win and aren't going to get a star. And there's enough of those teams out there where, again, his shooting for a four this year was, I mean, he was garbage the second half of the season, but he's now proven. <laughs> like, but but if you overlook that and you just look at the, the, the playoff, I mean, we're talking about a league where Bismack Biombo turned like a good playoff series into like $80 million. So I have a, yeah, front offices are getting smarter, but like owners this, aren't owners aren't. And this is a last thing. And Mook is, uh, there's only a set amount of people at the four that can shoot like he can. No, that's uh, fair. Yeah, and defend. And, and defend. I mean, that. he can't, and his defense isn't great. I still, I still cannot believe, we haven't talked to you about this, Mike, mm-hmm. but Brad Stevens um, putting Marcus Morris at the five with the season on the line in game four with five minutes left because Al Horford needed a rest and like, the Bucks scoring on four straight possessions. I so when I was watching that live in the uh, dining room at uh, Toyota Center, I was kind of like, I get what they're doing here in terms of, like, I think Brad was thinking. First of all, did anyone ask him about it after the I, game? So I did. I asked him about it on a conference call the next day. And he was like, "Did he say Horford needed a rest? Because I, I thought it was because." They were scrambling and they just needed to score. And he was just, it was a prayer. That yeah, would be my guess. It was, it, was a, it was a combination of both. I think Al was tired. I'll, I'll pull up the quote right here. But Al was tired. Yeah, here you go. Quote, you know what? I thought that because of their versatility on the court, I wanted to change things up for a minute and give Al a break. In an ideal world, I'd bring him out earlier so he could be on the court right there. And, but that was more of a, hey, let's try this and see if it works. Yeah. But in an ideal world, Al Horford is there at the game, and I should have got him out earlier. Um, I, I had also asked him about Kyrie playing the whole second half, and he's like, I didn't think Kyrie showed it as much as maybe Al did at the end of that stint. 
that was the impetus of that for that. So it was a it was throwing darts, and I don't know. That's not the dart you throw in that situation. Is my like right. is against Giannis and Brook Lopez. It's just like you know what's going to happen here. Like Mook does a lot of things well, but playing the five on defense is not one of them. Yeah, this is a completely random sidebar, and I don't mean to throw off the discussion, but going back to Rich Paul, wouldn't it be really shitty if uh, Rich Paul was in Boston because he was courting Jalen Brown? Jalen did say he doesn't isn't sure if he's going to hire representation yet for his mm. contract negotiations. I would be something. shocked if he did not hire representation, but... He's a smart guy, but I, I would still be pretty surprised. And if you're going to hire an agent um, who <laughs> is involved in uh, potential trade talks that might send you to New Orleans, I, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I, it wouldn't, it wouldn't totally blow me out of the water if Jalen signed with Rich Paul. I'm just gonna say that right now. I'm gonna say the opposite. It would totally blow me out of the water. Really? He seems like a very anti-Jalen guy. You really like. Because Jalen's like, wait, what? What do you mean? I think Jalen likes to speak for himself. I like. I think Jalen likes to be thoughtful and mindful of things that he does, and he just. Want, I mean, think about the situation Anthony Davis is, is in right now. That is a hundred percent Rich Paul. Sure. You know, I. I, I mean, I just. Jaylen's Rich Paul just, reps a lot of guys, though. I know Jalen just seems a little bit more of his of his own man to me, but um, I don't know. That's just thought. I just, I just doesn't seem like a like a like a good connection. But maybe I'm wrong. Mm. I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm right. I mean, <laughs> so what's our next? Who's the next reagent? So well, we we so do we want oh, yeah, to we talk to about clo- we, no, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we we talk about Mark Morris in the series? Yeah. What's I mean, Rich, you kind of outlined it pretty well there. I think just like if the veteran, if a star is traded for and Kyrie swing back, then the Celtics are going to need to keep all the free agents they can because they're going to trade away a lot of people, and Morris would be one of them. The question is. If Kyrie is gone, do you still want Morris here with the younger guys, or is that still going to be an over? Is, is, is yeah, is it going to be an overpay? But then, are you how much are you taking off your ceiling as a team by taking out uh, a pretty key piece to this team? Well, I mean that that goes into if Kyrie leaves and you don't trade for AD, then. Who cares about your ceiling? You know what <laughs> no, I mean. Like ceiling, you're not ceiling's winning not the priority. Yeah, you're yeah, not winning the title. Sure. So why would I give Marcus Morris a three-year contract worth however much millions of dollars to lose in the second round or the first round of the playoffs? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. So does that make our answer for what this? Can we see this team after all this buildup, this front office, be willing to take that kind of a step back? I think they would do that before they double down on something that that wasn't real. Yeah, you they're know, not I, they're not delusional, and they're not scared of perce- of public perception. I think that you know, Danny has his job, probably greater job. His health is obviously number one concern, but outside right. of that, like he probably has more job security than any executive in the league. You know, so I think that they have that sort of freedom to look at it and be like, no, we can we can fool everybody, like a lot of teams do, and stay competitive, even though we're never going to actually win. Or we can take a step back around Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown and wade in the weeds a little bit. To, to and it's a horrible. You know, that's not what anyone wanted. It's not what we expected, uh, especially once Kyrie showed up. But uh, if that's the best decision, I I'm, I'm, I have faith that they would do that. Also, no, be right. You can go ahead. You no, know, I like I even if I expect them to go hard after highly competitive Plan Bs before going into that. It's like who's a Plan B? Like uh. I don't know. Well, that's that's the question. Like, Beal, Beal. I think Beal honestly is probably the best plan B. Um, but the the thing is, like, if I, it seems like you know Wiggins, <laughs> God, <Jeez. laughs> but it, it all starts with Kyrie here because it's like, do is is trading for Anthony Davis and Bradley Beal feasible? Probably not. Like, you're not going to have enough left on both sides to to. Right. To get both of those things done. So again, this is why Kyrie, the situation like them, like unless you know, unfortunately being bossed into a corner here with him. Yeah, they need a commitment. They need a commitment, and it's and it's of all times of like the biggest disaster. Like this is this is a disaster scenario. Like this is when I like 
like demanded we had a podcast in February. Like this was like, yeah, for that one time where they lost to the Clippers, and like this was unfortunately what was foreseen there in terms of like if everything goes wrong, this is what we could be looking at. And getting an early commitment from Kyrie after a situation like this with like literally more than half the fan base wanting to pack his bags out of town, most of them not knowing that he can't be replaced by any kind of player that's close to him, but still having that mentality, like that's, I don't, I feel very bad for Danny Ainge and Mike Zarin and the rest of that crew right now. So I, I, I don't want to, I hope this doesn't ca- come off as crass in any way, but I do wonder if there is any merit to the idea that Danny's health issue will influence his decision making. And what I mean by that is, you know, we talk about owners who are old and their impatience, I guess you could say, with wanting to win now, wanting to see their team in the playoffs, wanting to have success, as much success as possible, and avoiding a rebuild, just as frustrating as those can be. So when I look at what the Celtics will do, I... I don't think I would be surprised if they were stubborn and in their pursuit of Anthony Davis, regardless of what happened with Kyrie. And I don't want to associate health issues with that decision-making because I can see the intelligence behind it and the reason behind it and the motivation regardless. I mean, this is something that they've pursued for how many years? Like, for at least four years, three, four years. Um, so to throw it away because of Kyrie, I don't think is necessarily a lock. And there was a report today that AD is not going to be swayed by the hiring of David Griffin. So I don't know. I, I mean, I think your play might be if you have an opportunity to get AD, regardless of what Kyrie does, you do it and then you try like hell to learn from your mistakes with what happened with Kyrie. If you can even do such a thing and you try to resign AD and you go from there. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like that. And, and, and if you can, some, and if you can somehow not give up Tatum. I think that ship has sailed personally. You think so? Let me guess it depends on some of the picks. So just, just, well, just, just clear this up real quick, B-Rev. Just good. Yep. There, there, there's a chance if, if, if a team sneaks into the top three, in the lottery, that that Memphis pick can still carry over, right? Or it can still end up with the Celtics. Oh yeah, there's there's a forty five percent chance that the Celtics are going to have the Memphis pick this year. Okay. So it's it's only one team needs to jump Memphis, and they're like I think five or six behind them. But they have um, to jump into the top three, right? So top four. So it's top, top four, four this year. Oh, okay. So it's like the okay. odds are the odds are higher that someone jumps this year. So it's pretty much it's pretty close to a coin flip whether or not the Celtics get that uh, the pick this year. Which obviously will them getting it now is not good because it makes trading that much more complicated. Speeds up. It speeds everything. up everything. It makes right. it like draft day is already kind of a doomsday or a decision day anyway, and that just that doubles down on it even more um, when you get the pick when you don't have a future pick that you can obviously insert and you know you can sell them. Okay, the Memphis, you know, Memphis isn't moving up this year. They're picking eight. They've got garbage prospects besides Jaron Jackson Jr. Mike Collins can get traded. That could be... Uh, they don't have a coach. They don't have a coach. That could be a, a number one pick in 2021. You don't, If you get the number nine pick this year, you can't even sell that. Right. Um, so maybe that's, that's the, the ability to maybe keep Tatum, you know, if you can right. have that. Exactly. Even then. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that ship is sailed, though. One sidebar on the, like, keeping Tatum thing for just AD talk before we move on to our next free agent. Gordon Hayward. Mm. We haven't talked about him much in the Buck series. Obviously, incredibly disappointing after a fairly strong Pacer series. Um, what what are the odds that he is on this roster next year? Assuming Anthony Davis is here. I think really good. I don't know who's taking that contract. And New Orleans, you anything for it. The New Orleans Pelicans are because you're giving them so much other stuff. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, separate from AD, 
I like. Yeah, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think he's in that trade necessarily. Like, I, was that a lock in your opinion? Or? Well, you, if you're going to make that trade, Marcus Smart or Gordon Hayward is going to have to be in that trade. Yeah, if I'm the Pelicans, I don't like. I want Smart. But who do you want to keep if you're Danny Ainge? Smart. I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty, <laughs> but, I'm right, feeling pretty but, good about about Gordon next year. No, it, no, it's it's. I'm feeling good too, but I'm not. If I'm another team, I have very little appetite for that contract and the question mark of him ever returning to what he is. What his mindset would be, like just getting traded, entering a completely new. Uh, environment and ha- having to you know refamiliarize himself with new teammates and, and a new coaching staff and all that like if i'm another team I- i'm not interested really at all in trading for gordon for all those reasons i think that's a really tough sell to your owner too no no question about that i'm not saying he's a positive asset at all i'm saying if you're danny ainge and you have there's two different ways you can go across trading for anthony davis one is trading Tatum and Marcus Smart, and whatever picks are needed to get it done. Two is trading Hayward, Tatum, a couple more picks that you from this stash you have this year, um, to again sweeten the deal to take on Hayward. But then, with in that situation, you'd have to take back a contract, right? Like mm. from the Pelican, like because he's on a max, and what is Davis making? I'm just talking I about mean, to make the money work. Davis makes, I think, like 27 or something like that. So it, it, it's going to fall within the rules. Oh, that like, much? Yeah. Damn. I'll I'm, have to look it I'm up. Parting with, I'm parting with Marcus, though. You're parting in, in that situation. But what if Kyrie's gone, though, and you're trading for him without Kyrie being here? And if that's the case, I'd rather have Gordon still than, than Marcus. Who is a, who's who's going to be a better offensive player next season? Real question. Who? I mean, better. Between I mean, Smart and Hayward. Who's going to be a better I think it's offensive gonna be, player? I think it's going to be Hayward. I think easily it's Hayward. I don't, easily? I think that the guy that we saw in flashes at the end that we all got so carried carried away with, I think that's more mm-hmm. often than not next year. That's what I'm counting on. So, Mike, mm-hmm. to answer your question about the money, mm-hmm. Davis makes $27 million, Okay. So you'd have to, you would have to take more money back. Each one more is an expiring contract making 8.6. Oh, yes. We got to okay. sign Juwan Johnson, too. Full circle. We got each one. Yeah. So... Solomon Hill makes thirteen. Nothing if you, you. Yeah, but it's it's one of those things where Danny's. I mean, you're clearly going to give up a guy. I think, and I don't think the Celtics want to give up Hayward at all. I think they they do believe. I mean, he sounded in exit interviews on Thursday, just like his main point was being like, "I'm so excited to get to an off season where like I'm going to kick my own ass here, and I can do it because I don't. I'm like not limited, like." Like he's like, I knew I sucked, like, and sure, yeah. I'm just gonna like, you know, use this as fuel to get back, and what? that's great. But the question is, you know, is that you know, do the Celtics think that's gonna happen to the extent that it needs to? If you're the Celtics again, and your expectation is to win a championship, and that's your goal, and you think you that it's realistic. Obviously, Gordon's ceiling is higher as an individual than Marcus Smart's. I, th- I don't think that's a question. It's just, you know, is he going to get there in time? That's that's the, the thing. You need right. him to be what he was next year. And that's, that's not a certainty. And meanwhile, you have Smart, who is just absolutely rock solid. Yeah, Defensively, who, of who course. Was injured, who was injured again when it mattered most. Uh, well... First, I mean, again, what, what was the previous time that he was injured? I, I don't have time to go through every, every <laughs> one of his injuries, all of his injuries over the last couple of years, but he's consistently not available. Uh, okay, I mean, I know he played a lot. I mean, this year he was he, he up until the very end. He was he was. I mean, we named this podcast after him, basically. I get that, but like, you know, I just I don't know. It's kind of a fluky injury, and he played. A it was ton a fluky injury. He did play. He played every game this year. Yeah, he's so I'm not fluky, fluky injuries though. Eh, he didn't punch a. This isn't like him punching the the, the picture yeah. frame. You know what I mean? Like, but anyway. So, Marcus Smart on the court, win healthy. He's rock solid on defense. You know exactly what you're getting. He's your best defender, one of the best defenders in the league. He's how many years younger? Three, four years younger. 
improving offensively every season. We saw the three point shot get better. Um, he's really good, and he kind of embodies, you know, what you are culturally in a lot of different ways. He is he just epitomizes that for the Celtics organization, and trading him would be very difficult. Um, but his best will never be an all star, and we know that Gordon's best can be an all star. So maybe Marcus could sneak on as like the fourth guy on the Celtics if they were. If no. they were good. But I know what you're saying. <laughs> but um, but another thing for Gordon, why I kind of am inclined to keep him around here, is I don't. I, given everything that happened this year, and for for everyone involved with the organization, but I don't. I don't need any more reasons for Brad Stevens to maybe consider leaving. Right, and that's why even even considering trading Gordon for the way the season ended would have been like out of the question. And I agree with you, Rich. That's a good point. Because that, that commitment to Gordon, I think, as long as Gordon's here, I think Brad will have a hard time going to Duke or wherever he would potentially go. But once that, you know, once he's... he's Because he's certainly got to be a little disillusioned with everything that and, happened this year. And the message from franchise perspective to free agents. Like, Gordon had this terrible injury after signing here. The team gave him one year. He's not obviously the same guy. And then they ship him off. Like... If you want to sell sign free agents in the future, that's not a great look. Yeah. Right, especially when Rich Paul is already going to be feeding the they did Isaiah wrong narrative right. every time a free you know this guy's going to be playing going to be playing the media, right? It's going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. And maybe again, if if Kyrie leaves, then obviously Gordon immediately shifts into a bigger role, which probably is going to be better for his game anyway. Um, in terms of maximizing what he can do, or at least you're going to know he'll be starting. He'll be like starting. He'll have the ball in his hands a lot more. Um, yeah. Good thing it's happened a lot when that when he's at his best when that happens. So yeah, that's. What do you think the? I guess this is a good way to segue into the Horford conversation, maybe. But what do you think the starting five would be uh, if Kyrie leaves? Assuming then that you know Marcus Morris, there's no uh, motivation to re-sign him. So Kyrie is gone, Morris is gone, and you have just like are you pre, trading for pre any trade? No, pre, pre any trade. Just looking at the roster as as well, then it would be constructed. Would it be, you know, do you then bring back Rogier and then it's just Jalen Tatum, Hayward, and Al, or like what is the construct there? Do you think? See, I think before, not to the timeline here. I think there's not going to be like a. The trade's going to happen at the draft if it's going to happen. Yeah. So it's like it's going to happen even before you know what's going on with Kyrie or Morris, I feel like. So, but we can, we'll go through the exercise anyway. I guess it's just like you're going to have an answer on AD by that point, I feel like. And B Rob, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the cap? We break this down real quick. If Kyrie just walks, right? Yes. What, what's the Celtics cap situation? If he just walks, then you have no cap room. So you're not you you're to, not you can't sign obviously a free agent to replace Kyrie. You have, I mean, you can not have, a Kyrie Irving level guy. Yeah, you can sign a mid level free agent to sign Kyrie, and those candidates are not pretty, obviously. Um, th- where things get interesting, Al Horford can opt out. He's got even if he opts out, his cap hold is going to be on the books for like thirty million dollars. So you're still not going to have cap room. Yeah, there's no but cap if, space scenario. There's no cap space scenario right. unless you're like blowing it up. Unless so, so Kyrie's Kawhi's gone, not coming to Boston. Gone. Kawhi's not coming to Boston. Kemba Walker's not coming to Boston. Um, barring some sort of crazy sign and trade. Um, Katie, <laughs> I already told you guys, Katie's coming to Boston. Right? We can we can revisit that later. That's the Gordon Hayward trades. You know, the sign and trade of Gordon Hayward. That's the the one. Uh, we'll be doing a KD episode. I feel like in uh, some I don't know June. There's going to be a rumor. That's my prediction, but. Yeah, we'll, there already we'll, was we'll one. Get there down the line. I just planted yeah. it. I know, I know. Friend of the podcast, Ryan Bernardoni, reported sure. it back in uh, February. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty um, sure Ryan and I are talking to the same people. Yeah, too. so there you go. Horford. Um, what are you doing if you're at Horford, Rich? I'll say that he that his he spoke to the media right after the game. I think someone asked him if he was thinking about coming back. Yep. And his reaction, it was you know he thought about. Like, he hadn't thought about it, but he said yes. It was a very genuine response. Um, I don't get the sense he 
has any plans of being anywhere else. Whether or not he opts out and what happens, like, you know, that remains to be seen. Uh, and I know I always give you credit for this, B-Rob. I love the idea of him resigning for less uh, for maybe more years, right? If they can work it out. But I'm, I'm working on the impression that he's back. Mike, if you're Al, do you, are you tempted to see, okay, like the front office, you, you go to the front office before you have to decide on your option. And Danny just like, listen, we're trying to trade for AD, but it's not done yet. We don't know what Kyrie's going to do. We want to resign you for like three and 60. Um, but we don't know what, the, I can't make any promises about what the rest of the roster is going to look like. Do you take that? Or do you, with your, the eye of like, I want, I definitely want to contend next year put your foot into the free agent waters to see if like, I mean, I guess no true contender has cap room, but like, would you consider signing mid-level somewhere? So you have a chance at a ring if, if mid-level. things go up. No, here. no, no, no. I, if I was, if I was Horford, look, he might just be like, I have two young children. I have a house in Weston. I love Boston. I just, I don't care about, you know, what's happening in my career in terms of winning a title. I, 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 I just want to stay here. That may be his mentality, in which case I would assume he opts out and yeah. they figure something out and he, right. he signs for less. I think that in re, just looking at it as a player X scenario, I think that his agent will definitely be looking around, seeing how much money he could get on the unrestricted market. And that is uh, likely more in my I've been saying this the whole time and I think that he's you know I I think he's worth it um worth more than three for 60 who's gonna sign him I mean we can't answer that now not knowing where all the other big fish go sure what are some possibilities I mean it's like the this the one of the destinations is just like has just taken such a nosedive, and that's the Lakers that I don't even <laughs> think I can reasonably say that without laughing. Clippers, um, the Spurs might be nice, right? I think the Cl- Spurs are capped out. I think yeah, I think Spurs are capped. Clippers, out. Lakers, Pacers, Clippers, Brooklyn. Clippers could be interesting because I think they're a lock to get either Kawhi or KD personally. Um, that'd be a that'd be I mean L A with one of those guys. And that LA Clippers are a sneaky that's the sneaky like realistic option I feel like that, just, yeah Clippers Clippers just are, are such a shark this summer they're in such a good spot it's just kind of absurd um, so that's an option you have Kenny Atkinson in the Nets as an option where maybe he doesn't he can pull a Redick he doesn't even need to uh, necessarily move his, his family um, you know uh those are the two that I could reasonably see, but I, I just strongly doubt that he leaves. Um, but the here's more I the think th- about it. Okay, the thing though, Mike, and this yeah. is kind of goes back to like, what do the Celtics do? Like, you know, if Kyrie walks, mm-hmm. and like, you're thinking, okay, we have to reset here to like go back. If it costs you out, if you if that plan costs you out, I don't think you can do that. Like, oh, we'll just start building around the young guys and then you lose Al because of it. I don't think that's a feasible. I don't think that should be a plan. Like that shouldn't happen. No. I mean, at the, at the bottom, the bottom line is you can't lose two assets like that. That's just, you have to re-sign Horford for this. Even if, even if the season, even if next season implodes for whatever reason, then you can trade him and you can get something for him. Like you, you have to re-sign him. That's just, yeah, and that's yeah. why you have to have a plan before you can opt out to like, this is what we're doing now. Even if Kyrie walks, we're still trained for AD or we're trained for Bradley Beal or, you know, next appealing potential available star. You have to have that in place in June so he doesn't get the monster offer from the Clippers to where you have to either max him out or lose him or something close to that. And I have faith that the Celtics have that. I think that they have option upon option upon option you know probably charted out in so many ways 
Um, and I and, and you also wonder like we never know how much conversation happens before these. You know what I mean? I don't. I, maybe the Kyrie aspect will be a little bit of a mystery, but I think a lot of times these guys kind of have a an idea of of what's going to happen. Um, this is just sort of random Kyrie question that I, every once in a while I mention a question from my friend Doug on here. But uh, this is a question from Doug. He said, how far do you think? Hey, the Cel- yeah, I don't even know if he <laughs> listens, to be honest. But um, how much how much farther do how much farther do the Celtics go this year? This is obviously super hypothetical. If you if you substitute Jimmy Butler for Kyrie Irving. Oh, that is a good. I was thinking about this. This is a whole maybe a whole different topic in terms Cause, of I mean, he's, Jimmy's been everything that Kyrie was supposed to be in these playoffs. Or how about Kawhi? Oh yeah, like that's if you a, trade for Kawhi. That's Kawhi, they win the title. Like Kawhi is just... Kawhi's like a top three player. At least Jimmy's like on the periphery of like maybe. I mean, Jimmy and Kyrie are supposed to be the guys teaming up. I pers- like... I personally don't think that there's that much of a difference. But given how the playoffs actually played out, yeah, like I, I don't think it's a lock that Jimmy would play as well as he he has uh, in Boston, and I don't think even if he. If you even if you took that exact production that we've seen from him in the playoffs and transferred it into a Buck series, that sure. it would necessarily tilt the scales one way or the other. I do think that just the shots. If you were to transfer some of those possessions where Kyrie just dribbled seventeen times and like vomited all over the court, <laughs> that you know transfer those to literally anyone else taking a open. 17 footer 24 footer like i th- i think it gets a little closer but i don't i don't D- I, defense I, as well when you talk about b yeah breakdown sh- sure yeah uh i i think it might be a little disrespectful to the bucks i think i think they're they're really good and i, I also want to shout out my prediction that dj wilson would swing the series that was, <laughs> that was spot on there <laughs> Yeah, it's Almost as good as Malcolm Brogdon <laughs> coming in for game three. So uh, yeah. mine. <laughs> I, I should shout out all the all the shit I talked about the Bucks over the course of the season, um, but I really was expecting a little bit more from Kyrie. Yeah, but are the Bucks this good or are the Celtics this bad? That's the question. Because we'll see in the next round, like, we'll find it in the next round. But like, I do think we have to credit how bad the sucks the Celtics were in this series because they were very bad, and especially on. I want to say especially on defense, and then Mike, you already said they're offensive numbers, so they they were all they were really bad all around. It was well, we, it was bad. We can skip over this if you guys don't have it handy. But B Rob, do you happen to have like the final like open jumper percentages for the, for the I, series? I don't. I mean, I know um, it was pretty horrendous for for a while. It was really bad. Keep talking, and I'll get it. Yeah, pull okay. that up. Um, quick, so quick do you think- mention Aaron Aaron Baines is. We haven't even talked to wrap this up. Rich, I know you have to duck out shortly, so maybe we'll do a little overtime if you have to peace out. Um, okay. But let's try to wrap this up quickly, though. Aaron Baines, player option, five point four million. Um, I mean, I, I think you want if you, again if you're putting your best foot forward, you want him to come back. I think he's back, whether it's that that number or a, a slightly bigger number. But even if you get AD, protect Al, have a little depth there. Why not? Yeah, I mean, this year it was it was a little frustrating just to, just to see him get hurt so often. Um, but yeah, for that number, and he also he's a guy that everyone seems to love, you know. Yeah. And I think Gordon he's got them. seem to be close. So it'd be nice to, you know, especially if Tice is going to be leaving, it'd be nice for uh, for Gordon to have one of his buddies around. I don't know. I think he he seems to like it. No, he does. He had a like he likes Boston a lot, and he was like, I mean, again, if you're building. Brad Stevens is that's the guy Brad Stevens wants. Like that's the team first guy that again he doesn't have he's not talented enough to to get guys like Kyrie and you know Tatum and whoever to fall in line but like that's the guy you need in your locker room to be like set the right example. Um and you yeah. want to protect if you get AD you're going to need protection for him and protection for Al. So yeah, I think I'd be shocked if he's not back. I don't think I don't um, think anyone can be upset if he is. You know, he's just one of those guys who just. It's good. I love him. It's good to have bands around, right? Uh, yeah. Last, so I, yeah. I, what's the numbers here, Mike? Even if Tommy Heinsohn just gets to see him in the shower every once in a while, <laughs> it's, it's worth it. Jesus. Uh, Boston's effective field goal percentage on wide open shots in their last five games was fifty four percent. 
Really? Which is uh, pretty good. And yeah. But the... take, what about the last four games, though? <laughs> Let's keep going uh, until we can prove this to be a good games, stat. That, that's a good go. Yeah, last, is... last four games, it is 49%. Yeah, that's more like it. Which is not great. Uh, not as terrible as I thought it would be, to be honest. They shot 31.7% yeah. <laughs> from deep. Yeah, so that's that's not great. Yeah. Um, Doc Rivers used to say it's a make miss league, right? I and, think we can right, we can analyze all we again. want. Yeah. Is Doc, Doc Doc's the only one who said that? Who who, who originated so. that statement? That he definitely said it the most. Idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think we should delete this part of the podcast so no one steals that Pino. <laughs> um, let's end on a high note. The guy who sacrificed the most for this team this year. <laughs> It's my Terry Rozier, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do I get to take my Terry victory lap now or no? Well, he might be back, so be careful. I know. I'm going to wait. <laughs> um, but he, it is a fascinating situation with him. Because even if Kyrie comes back, or even if – either way, and you have to trade Marcus Smart, you kind of have to bring him back. Like, if one of those two guys isn't back, you have to bring him back because you can't afford – to lose any more potential talent um, around, you know, the rest of this team if you want to actually, like, put together a contender. I would bet a lot of money that if they do re-sign him that he gets, that he's traded and he does not live out that contract with the Celtics. I would agree with that. That is almost a lock, but, and that's probably what he's been told by whoever represents him. Um, what is he going to get? The, what's his market? Can't be good now, although, you know, I, I'm sure someone... People across the league, I'm sure, are able to tuck themselves into what they saw last year versus what they saw for a majority of this year and how, you know, it wasn't an isolated incident where Terry was struggling. A lot of the younger guys struggled relative to the expectations coming in. So I think if I think it's easy to talk yourself into Terry Rogier, to be honest, just, you know, the athleticism, the cat like quickness. Um. The rebounding, whatever he can do a lot of things, but he just didn't do them this year. So I don't, I don't know if he's a starting point guard in the league slash he's not. Um, but I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised if someone talked themselves into it. Yeah, I think that it's sort of like the not maybe not the opposite, but much different than what we were talking about with Mook, where like the teams that would want him would also not necessarily be in a position to give him the money that he wants. Right. Whereas Terry, because of just the situation, like it's more likely that that a shitty team might say, oh yeah, let's let's give him. Uh, a decent deal and see if he can run the team for a little bit. You know, I don't like whether it's, I mean, I know Orlando's always been on our Miami Augustine, I guess kind of be hard to. Fultz, baby. Oh, yeah, Fultz. right. It's another um, thing. I don't know. There is not a starting point guard job available in the league that Terry would qualify for, I feel like. Who's Did someone, did Phoenix get somebody? Yeah, they traded for Tyler Johnson. Oh, and, whatever. I mean, that guy's oh, been, come on. Yeah. He's not, he's not <laughs> he's, a starting point guard either. Terry Rozier is no Tyler Johnson. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> but how, about Tyler, that, how about the backcourt? You trade Booker, and then you go with Tyler Johnson and, uh, and Rozier. I mean, they mm. have cap room, though, so yeah. I wouldn't expect them to, like... I just know, want to get this I want to get this on the record. I think Phoenix is going to be really aggressive for AD, and I think that they Ooh. would put Aiton on the table. That's I'm just going to throw that out there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if, if you put... if you If you... Offer Aiton, and I mean, where are, where are they going to draft this year? In the top four, definitely, right? Yeah. Top four pick, Aiton, that is a package. That is, that's wild, though. Why would, like... That's why they... I mean, that's... I don't want to say that's why they hired Money Williams, but... Did uh Ooh. Did, did Booker and... Mike, did you... you <laughs> scoops some peanut right here. Did I'm just reading tea leaves. I'm just, I'm just reading tea leaves. I'm I just mean, tea leaves. good tea leaves. I haven't heard that before. That's very smart. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, if that's the case, the Celtics can't get, compete with that kind of an offer. That's a really good offer. That's, um, the David Griffin should run to the airport. That's a like, really, really good offer. Get that um, contract signed. I'm not saying that they will do it, but I am saying that they are a very incompetent organization that has, and you know, they have some a little bit more stability in their front office now with 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 Bauer, but their owner is their owner. And just from what I, I don't know, I, like nothing against Monty Williams. It was just very interesting that he was in, you know, in such demand as AD's former coach. And um, 
between the two team two teams that would be interested i would think in the lakers and the suns and getting him that's that's all i'm gonna say it's funny coming off uh the year when they hired uh, lucas former coach hey yeah <laughs> they, got rid, they got rid of him after a year um yeah. so funny but yeah i don't I, that, that could be interesting but I, I think that that is a good potential landing spot but i would also be pretty sure that like you said sarver would somehow fuck that up and 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 ad would be gone after a year and they'd be oh sure. he would de- yeah it would be a disaster <laughs> they'd no be sure Aiden and zion <laughs> And that's it. that's the other thing you gotta um, wait, we gotta wait to see where, where number one lands because that that Zion offer for for AD is another very tempting one I imagine for them. It is Tuesday night will be a very big night, and we'll the Lakers are gonna get the number one pick just so you guys are like so we're all on the same page. That's a thousand percent happening. No, I think that the Sixers are getting it. <laughs> <laughs> if the Lakers get it, the Celtics are definitely landing at eight. <laughs> Or nine, yeah, I'm sorry. Nine, yeah. Exactly. Um, well, that's when our next podcast will be um, with Ooh, reaction yeah. to uh, to Lottery Night because uh, a lot of these hypotheticals, we're not going to be able to fill in all the dots or connect all the dots um, then, but it will be easier to parse through the possibilities when we know who's going where, including the Celtics. So um, that's it for now. Uh, I know you wanted to end it on a high note, but the fact that it's May and we're doing a, a lottery podcast... God damn. Yeah. We are too busy right. for one last... I mean, it's... First first time in how many years did the Celtics um, won't be playing on lottery night? I think... Three? Three, yeah. Hmm. All right. <laughs> cool. That's a, good, that's a good spot. That's a good spot to end it. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you guys uh, Wednesday night.